Hello ladies and gents and welcome to episode 12 of the KDH podcast. As per, if you're tuning in, make sure you're screenshotting it and getting it on your Facebook stories and your Instagram stories. And before we get started today, I'd also like to obviously put in that my Fit and 40 challenge for KDH Bootcamp is launching this weekend. So if you are interested in working with me, getting some outdoor training done and doing it in the group community, obviously don't hesitate to drop me a message and we can get started. So today we're going to be talking about building a physique around a busy lifestyle with coach Andrew Marsham. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing very well, Christian. Thanks very much for having me, mate. No, How about yourself? I'm not, I'm not too bad, mate. I'm not too bad. It's fucking roasting today, man. So... Sitting in the back recording this, mate. I know, no, quite <laughs> right, man. I'm I'm sat inside. I made the rookie error. I'm not going outside. Yeah, man. So um, we'll start off, mate. Um, we're obviously going to have a bit of a chat. Like for anyone that doesn't know Andrew's background, his sort of background, he's an online coach and he's he trains a lot of people with busy lifestyles. So I just thought it would be the perfect person to have on for this podcast. So, mate, we'll get started. What's your story? Where did you start, and what are you doing right now? So I started in the gym eight and a half years ago. I think it was a New Year's resolution in 2011, um, if my maths is right there, or 2012 maybe, sorry. 2012 it was. Um, didn't have a clue what I was doing. Very, very skinny. It was like eight, eight stone something. Um, so that's why I get started in the gym. Obviously to put on a bit of muscle, bulk up a bit, gain a bit of confidence, all that kind of stuff. Um, but over the years, continued to train, seen on, progressed on and off over the years. Eventually just turned into a passion that was something I just loved day in day out I was spent every night watching YouTube videos reading through books articles all that kind of stuff um so I was decided that eventually I was always kind of but um let's say looking for side jobs or looking for something in the side looking to do a, something you know something along those lines outside of work um I'll get a business in the go or something so I had started like an Amazon online business and then decided that wasn't for me put the money I had made into that and six months into getting my PT qualification. From there, I get the PT qualification. This was around probably just over two years ago now. Um, started an Instagram page, started a Facebook, all that kind of stuff. And two years later, um, I'm now a full-time online coach as of a couple of weeks ago there. Um, got a group of over 60 guys now working with us online. So it's been a a very good last two years, I must say. Um, and then just turned it, for me, it was turning the passion into something that was a career. Um, and it's just continued to excel over the last couple of years and it's getting better every day. No, it's, mate, like, so for anyone tuning in right now and you don't follow Andrew, you should. He's like relentlessly consistent and I've watched him like, he's kind of talking down what he was doing. We were just chatting about it before that, what was it you'd done as well as when you were, what, what, so what have you just been working as whilst you've been, starting up an online business what have you been doing on top of that as well yeah so i've I've had a lot going on so i had my nine to five job obviously the last couple of years um at the start of 2017 i also started a house build as well um so currently build my own house that should hopefully be finished in a few months actually um but what the what the the job the, the business around the job and the house building it has been um it's been challenging it's been a push um, but again it's not something I've, I've dreaded doing I'm not enjoyed so it's been good to see it growing eventually now just taking the jump in the last week um, 10 days ago or something now maybe two weeks um, it's been absolutely amazing get time to do things now so get 45 50 hours of my week back from from a day job so um, all going well no, it's crazy. You're a true testament, mate, to like when people say they don't have time, and I'm like, go and look at Andrew, go and look what Andrew's been up to. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I don't think the biggest on the planet. 
I know, working <laughs> two full-time jobs and building the house uh, and training and getting your training. But that's where this podcast is going to be out. So um, what? So we're going to start off moving on to the first sort of question and in line with what we're discussing. What is the three biggest areas that you would tell someone to focus on if they're leading a busy life and, uh, and they've got work and family commitments? What areas would you tell them to focus on when it comes to building a physique? Well, firstly, make your life easy by doing a meal prep. Like... That that should just be something everyone does if you're if you're busy. It takes you the same amount of time to cook one meal as it does four, you know. So see if you're someone who is struggling, who to to maybe you're, you're saying that you're struggling with nutrition, you're struggling with time. Make it easy. Like spend an hour on a Sunday prepping. Let's see you. Let's see you're really struggling. You're you're majorly you're majorly stuck for time. Prep your breakfast. Prep your lunch. And then, obviously, if you're someone who's got a family, then you're more likely going to have a family dinner, but that doesn't mean to say you can't prepare it. And it takes the same amount of time to prepare a healthy, a healthy meal as it does, you know, a not-so-healthy meal. <laughs> um, so pre- prepare in advance. Prep your lunches, prep your breakfast, or, or your mid-morning snacks or something like that. First, That's the first area, for, area to focus on. That's going to save you time. You should be trying to... This, fitness, health and fitness should save you time, not cost you. Then, secondly prioritize your mornings if you're someone who is mega busy this is this was like me so after a 12-hour shift or long day at work coming into coming into the house or trying to get to the gym or whatever when they eventually fucking open um that's for me you're never in the best state of mind it's always difficult it's always challenging maybe you had a shit day maybe you've had a shit week so get your get your mornings prioritized even if it's just getting outside doing some circuits doing something that should be your workout for the morning for me <coughs> it was going to the gym at six o'clock in the morning getting up early ticking the box then getting to work after that there's 24 hour gyms all over the shop it's not too early for you to get up and start stop making excuses um get yourself up early and prioritize your morning third and final one is be smart with your time in terms of like step count and staying active keeping an eye on your activity levels, your step counting, things like that, that is going to help. You have to leverage that as much as possible. So when you're in there, so when I was working my office job, I was still racking up 15, maybe 18,000 steps a day working in an office purely because I parked a fucking mile away in the morning and then walked into work. I would go to the fullest away toilet. I would go to the fullest away, you know, bathrooms and things like that. If I wanted to speak to somebody, I wouldn't phone them. I would go and speak to them. Um, so leverage your time in those kind of situations as much as possible to get your activity levels up is another one. If you've got a family as well, get them out walks. Take them outside, you know, go and do something with them as opposed to just sitting in front of the TV at night. Get yourself out and get active. That means you can spend some good quality time with your family, but still remain active and still move forward with your goals. Again, find a sport or something that you enjoy, something that maybe doesn't feel like a chore, but gets your activity levels up. Could be anything. Football, fives is a perfect one. You know what I mean? Like, there's, obviously, we can't do it just now with the lockdown and things are the things getting phased back in. But when they do open up, find something that you do enjoy that doesn't feel like a workout, that doesn't feel like it's draining your time, and build that into your week as well. Yeah, no, they're all spot on points. And I think, kind of tying back into them, it's preparation. Preparation yeah. is key. And I keep saying to everyone, like, if, if you leave things to chance, it won't happen. Because it, yeah. look at look at gyms in January. This is the perfect example of this. They don't, a lot, not everyone, but a, a big, big percentage. Gyms rely on having these, these, these dead, not dead, like people that don't use the memberships, like dead memberships. 
And what happens is you get an influx of people that haven't looked at any other aspect of their life. They're doing insane amounts of exercise. They're going to like eight classes a week. And maybe, yeah, they'll probably lose a bit of weight just because their expenditure is so high because they're probably not consuming as much because they're, they're, they're racing about to get to the gym and stuff like that. And then they're like, you'll add to that person, can you sustain this? And they go, no. And you're like, well, what's your plan here? Where's it going? And that also ties in with the movement. And uh, this yeah. week on my, on my social media, I've genuinely just put the focus towards walking. I'm, I'm just doing this. I'm just kind of talking about the importance of neat non-exercise activity, thermogenesis, what it does for your head, your expenditure. And since lockdown, I have been like walking. I said, I wrote in a post all day that I don't really do much planned walks. And that's a lie because like I do. I'll go out and plan hill walks and stuff like that. I'll go out and do things. But during the week since lockdown, I made it a priority that every single day I was going out and, and I, I was genuinely quite active because of my job. And when that got taken away, I made a point to correct that. But not enough people are being active. We've got like so many things like Netflix, Just Eat, online shopping. Um, you can do everything for your phone. And it's always yeah. as if people just, you go like that. Like I've had people where I get them in, I'm like, why don't you go a walk? And they're looking at you like going out walking myself. <laughs> like, going out walking myself and I'm like aye and one I like to add in and I'll, I'll implement this with clients quite a lot is just three ten minute walks after your meals like yeah so you have a breakfast in the morning go for a ten minute walk go up ten minutes early and go for a walk after your breakfast go for a walk in your lunch break go for a walk after your dinner like three ten minute brisk walks is going to rack up probably half of that ten thousand steps, you know. Yeah. If 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 you're going for it, and then you're going to by default probably get close to ten thousand steps, which I think is a minimum most people should be aiming for a day. Yeah. Like as an absolute bare minimum, it's not even hard to get. But you just have to apply yourself to to to, to, to getting a walk in a few times a day. It's something that can be quite enjoyable as well. And I think that kind of a, a point that a mistake that people make as well is, say you get someone that's really sedentary and you're like, right. Like, do you know, do you know the 10,000 steps where it comes from, Andrew? Yeah, is it not, um, and it was another guy that invented the pedometer or something like that? It's a Japanese toy company. Uh, I, um, basically right. just, they set it as 10,000. However, depending on the size of the person, it's anywhere between sort of yeah. five to seven miles, isn't it? Like it's, it's, it's yeah. like, around, depending on the size of the person's leg and the step length and yeah. stuff like that. But it is, it's a really, really good target to aim for. But if anyone is listening and you're struggling to get steps, don't leave them to the one time at like 8 p.m. at night. It's not going to happen. Yeah. No, and I suppose that kind of ties in <laughs> with preparation as well. Like you need to make sure that you've got a plan. And look, as Andrew was saying there, like a morning routine is important, but so is a night routine. Because if you're sitting up on your phone to after midnight every single night, you're going to be wired to the moon. You're going to be lethargic in the morning and you're not going to set yourself up for a productive day either. So it just kind of goes to say that you'll, you'll know when it comes to obviously making improvements, it's not just about exercise. There's so much more to it. And uh, especially when it comes to making changes to your physique. Um, yeah. So have you got any other points to add into there, mate? I mean, you talked about neat there as well. I mean, when, when you're looking at the big picture exercise, you only maybe about 10% of your calories for the day. Yeah. Know. You know, burden don't know. So it's, again, at that implementing a gym routine builds and muscle mass is going to help with things like BMR and things like that as well but don't it's not it's not a wasted day if, if you maybe didn't get a workout and there's still a lot to be gained throughout the week you know I mean workouts you, you can you can do three to four hours a week and that'd be more than enough for 99% of the population yeah. you know so it's not a massive commitment in that side that's required having an overall picture in the lifestyle and things like that I think's just as important if not more so yeah and i always i always tell people to try not to like don't even worry about like 
exercise is just something that it complements the process, it, it assists it, it adds on. So your calorie expenditure during a session isn't important. And I suppose you're looking at things like, see when people like, when they say things like, oh, you should be lifting weights because that's going to increase your muscle mass. Like, what is it? One pound of muscle mass will only increase your overall expenditure for a day, roughly between six to eight calories per pound per day. It's yeah. so minute that it's like splitting hairs, worrying about it. It's like focusing on things that's like, right, so I suppose like they're all equally as important as each other. It's not that like exercise, nutrition, movement. However, if you get your head around nutrition and really understand the, 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 the under, like giving yourself more flexibility with being active, maintaining regular exercise and understanding your consumption, you're just going to make life easier. But it's when folks start saying things like, oh, this exercise or, oh, I heard it's all nutrition. And you're like, it's not all everything. Like, it's not all anything. It's not all anything. It's not all one area. And it's like that standard thing where it's like folk like, oh, my friend, like uh, my, one of my best pals, Chad, is he's a dead lean, tall guy. He's always in dead active jobs, right? And people would always say, oh, he can eat what he wants. He's got high metabolism. I'm like, no, he doesn't. He's Chad, like, since I've known Chad, he's not, he's a fidgety person. He never ever sits down. And nutritional choices may not be great, but it's still in line with his physique. He's not defying science. Yeah. He's, uh, and that's exactly. that. It's like folks, like, and it's, you always get, it's always young guys that always talk about like high meta, like fast metabolisms. And you're like, you don't have it. You're just not eating enough food. You're just like, <laughs> your, your food's just so inconsistent. Like, and that usually goes with the, like, tend to get it with people will like, maybe they're right into gaming and stuff like that. And you're like, right, oh, I eat loads. And it's like, no, no, you don't eat loads. You might not be making the right decisions with your food, but it's so inconsistent that you're not being adherent to a calorie target. Yeah. That's it. And then, it's just, I know that it's, it's just, it's just I always refer everything back to like the, the principles. Like this is the fundamental, this is the principle, you're no defying it. Um, so yeah, uh, moving on to the next point, mate, there were some good points there. Um, being a shift worker can mass, ne massively negatively impact your routine. And it's something that I wanted to add in because I wanted to hear your take on it um, because from some of the advice I get clients. I worked night shift for a year. Yeah, yeah, I worked, I worked shift for three years and uh, it's, it's no good. So what would, what would your advice be to someone that's trying to work around shift work? Just got to set the plan. Yep. Same, same as anything else. Like, fair enough, your sleeping pattern's upside down, but at the end of the day, you still have to, you still have to put a basic plan in place and a structure that, that's going to work for you. I completely understand. As I said, I've done it for a year myself. I work with clients who... Do, do the, the, the day shift, back shift, night shift sort of thing as well. The, the kind of role in days and weeks, but it, the the principles again are the same. Just what's the plan? When are you working out? How how do you figure out your nutrition to best set up yourself? Something you can actually stick to. If you're someone who can't face anything to eat, you know anything big. Maybe you're doing a night shift, you can't face something at like four in the morning. That's fine. Just plan your lighter meals around that, around that time. Or, you know, have your heavier meals when you get up or whatever. Again, just having a basic plan and structure that ties back to everything. When are you, when are you working out? Is it when you get up? Is it before you go to bed? When can you fit it in best that's going to allow you to be more adherent? It's not about trying to find a magic trick or a best way. It's just about trying to find something that you can work around your shifts. If you're coming on and off of shifts and different things like that, just you know, dial it back three, three to four times per week. What can you fit in? Nutrition-wise, how can you prepare for the best? Um, just trying to look ahead, plan ahead. That's, that, to me, is always going to win. No, definitely. And I, that's what I tell people. So I sit down with folk and I'm like, right, what shifts do you work? And they're like, say, for example, they work 
uh, two earlys, two days, and two nights. So I was like, well, you just need to look at those days strategically, and you need to be a bit more disciplined with bedtime and stuff like that. Because I think what people do when they work back shift is they stay in bed as long as they can, and they've basically reduced the window of the day right away. Yeah. So everything's staggered. So like you need to have that element of like not just being like, oh, I'm off today or I'm back shift today. I'm going to get like my sleeping part and go to absolute shit. And it's having that, <laughs> that, that discipline. The, the likelihood is if, you, if you're working shifts and things like that, you're, you're, you're getting some form of notice. You're not just, you're not getting a text. I mean, it probably happens, right? But you're not getting a text in the morning saying, you're working night shift today and back shift tomorrow. There's yeah. going to be some element of, Right, okay, I've got two earlies, two lates, and a back shift, a speaker, whatever. Just put a plan in place. When am I doing this? When am I doing that? What time do I need to get up? What time do I need to do this? And what meals do I need to have prepared? You know, it's not it's not massive rocket science. It just takes a bit of thinking ahead and being being proactive as opposed to reactive. Yeah, and um, I love that, mate. I always say that as well. It's a chimp, chimp paradox, man. Proactive yeah. and reactiveness, man. Um, yeah, so I've, I've trained clients that I think some of the hardest ones, you've got shift workers that would work something like that. Then you've got people that work, like I've had people where they're working two jobs. I've got people where they're working um, mad hours. And then you have to start questioning, like, is this worth doing? If, I, if my priorities are that I want to get in really good shape, that I want to feel good, that I want to feel high energy, you need to start weighing up the questions. Like, is it worth me doing two jobs? Now, obviously, I'm not telling people to, to quit or whatever i'm not to i know that everyone's got family and um, obviously circumstances you're trying to support things but i have trained folk where you're like they're just doing it because they're chasing money but they also they're doing it because they they're, oh, they think that the, the list of priorities money's at the top and then the physique somewhere like 10 down but they think the yeah. physique's up at the top and you're like then you have to start weighing up the pros and cons and i've also had people where chefs are really tough ones chefs work obviously a lot of manic hours um, over different festive periods and stuff, they pick up different hours and stuff as well. And I think it's then just starting to look at like the bare minimal effect and being like, right, what are my non-negotiables? And being like, what can I make sure gets done? Because the realisticness that if you're working six days a week, 12 hour days, you're not going to be training more than once or twice a week. Probably not more yeah. than once because it's just, for your average, and I'm not talking after here, I'm talking like your average person that's maybe new to exercise. You're not going to recover you're not going to feel good for it and you're probably not going to knock your pan in even worse trying to implement more exercise. So it is just genuinely starting to weigh up the pros and cons, writing down a list, as Andrew said, looking at what days, doing it almost like a bit of a sliding scale. So do you know when you're a back shift or this time or this day that you know you're going to train, you know you're going to do this, and you know you're going to maybe walk or whatever it is and just have that bare minimal effect in place. Otherwise, think it start, what happens is it, think, people leave things to chance, they mount up and obviously you get into a position you don't want to be in. But I was actually writing a post up that I'm going to post tomorrow and it was talking about like people labeling foods. And when people say things like, oh, that food's dead fattening. And I'm like, number one, no <laughs> food's fattening. No <laughs> food is fattening. Someone's fattening habits. Eat 4,000 calories worth of it probably. I know, yeah. Like, like <laughs> we, we know we're, ad we're adults and we know that certain foods are more dense in calories. We know that certain foods are not going to be nutritionally beneficial, but no food is fattening. No single no. food, unless you're, unless you're scanning insane amounts of food and you're like a, like a, I don't know, a dwarf or something, you're eating a Domino's every single day, then yeah, <laughs> you're going to be in a surplus in one meal because obviously your expenditure is not that high. But mm. identifying it is like the, how someone gets overweight is through habits. It's not, yeah. it's not like one food. It's not a slow metabolism. It's that person may have left school 
They might have been a super duper active person at school. They then got a desk job. They then kept going out every single weekend like they were doing at school. And then all of a yep. sudden, five years later, they're going, why have I gained so much weight? It's my metabolism. It's because I eat this, <laughs> this. And you're like, no, no, no. You have just formed habits around your lifestyle. And you're wondering what you're scratching your head, wondering why you're in the position you're in. You just need to look at the bigger picture. It's not one single thing. And I think this is what like diet clubs and stuff promote this, like labeling foods. Like, I, and I used to be very against them. Now I'm kind of on the fence. What's that? The slimming world thing for me, I just can never buy into. No. Calling a food sin, that to me is just fucking sad. I know. That's, Wait, that, that's my opinion, but yeah, I, <laughs> um, I just don't, I just don't see that as being right. I just I just can't understand that. It just builds unhealthy relationships with food, and it? it's like it's I mean, it's probably it's probably worked for some people. I, I don't yeah. doubt that, but, uh, but at the end of the day, I think for the vast majority, that's going to be something that it's just going to cause problems. I know. I think it just it gets people to adopt that mindset. They need to be there forever, and they rely on it. It's like they're not being fully told the story. They're just oh. holding you. They're just like, stay there, yep. stay there. I'm not going to let you go. And that's basically how, how it goes with that. So yeah, um, moving on to the next one, mate. So when someone starts lifting weights, what's the three most common mistakes that you've seen people make with your clients or just being a gym goer? What's what's the three most common mistakes you see people make? Um, first one's easy. <laughs> trying, trying to lift too much fucking weight. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, that's, that's a bit as simple as that. No, nobody's expecting you to go into the gym day one and pull 200 and a deadlift or squat 100 kilos. And like that. Just fucking leave the ego at the door. First and foremost, nobody cares. You know. Um, again, you all want to go in and try and throw as much heavyweight about as you can, show off to somebody or whatever. But the reality is nobody cares. Nobody's watching your form. Nobody cares. Nobody cares how much weight you're using. Take your time. Slow things down. Ask for help. Get a personal trainer to start with. Ask for some help. Go with somebody. Watch some videos. You know, watch some video tutorials. Something along those lines. At least take your time going into things. I think that the under, people don't understand that actually lifting a weight is a skill. The performing the movement themselves is a skill. It's not going to be something you master in a day or a week or even a month or probably even a year. So again, just kind of focusing it on slowing things down taking your time to start with that would be the first thing not using too much weight second one too many exercises some people will I could, this one still infuriates me to when it gets thrown around to these days the idea of maybe muscle confusion or people trying to plan in 12 16 exercises a session it is just not necessary if you're a beginner starting out day one pick four to six exercises a session that's more than enough and progress that for three four five six months then think about switching things up that may be viewed as potentially boring but i would rather see exceptional results pretty early on and focusing on good at some good core movements than run around the gym like a headless chicken trying to do 12 different exercises every time i step in there and then changing that program again next week you're never going to progress your body is just going to be continually trying to learn a new movement movement pattern there's some studies showing that as you're trying to learn a new movement pattern the performance isn't there. You can't move as much load. There's actually a skill acquisition period. So if you minimize the number of exercises for the first six months or so, narrow things down, streamline it. You don't need to run about all over the place. If you know, if you're someone who's maybe lacking a bit of confidence, especially coming into the gym, it's an uncertain environment, you're not really sure, 
pick, you know, four or five machines or three weights or something, something you're comfortable with and build up slowly. Again, if you you should be viewing this as something that's very, very long term. So focusing on what's happening this week or next week, very, very short sighted. So think about building things up slowly over time. Um, so using too much weight, second one, too many exercises, changing the programs up far too often. Um, number three, is it specifically in terms of weight training and things like that, or the exercises? Yeah, just um, gym environments, mate. Just people try to build muscle. People in a commercial gym, a big industrial gym, anything like that at all. Um, people leaving weights at the ass. <laughs> that's 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 a that doesn't need to be necessarily new people. Some people <laughs> no, man. Um, but I mean, I suppose it would be not. Like, I suppose it, but this wouldn't be more in the gym but again not placing too much importance on what's happening outside you know yeah um the focus is oh i'm gonna smash this workout and then there's no focus or thought to nutrition sleep or exercise or habits outside the gym recovery anything like that the, the workout is just one part of it as we kind of spoke about earlier it's it's very integrated you have to think about it in every every sense sleep recovery nutrition protein intake quality of food all that kind of thing 100% understand that it's overwhelming to start with. There's so much to think about. There's so much to consider. That's why I would, hand on heart, going back to day one, I would get some help the first day I step in the gym. Have someone show me what to do, how to do it, how to eat, how to sleep, how to train, how to set things up. Just having someone that has that knowledge and expertise. Again, if you're someone who's planning on doing this for 20, 30, 40, 50 plus years, getting a trainer or a coach for six to 12 months is an investment that's going to last you a lifetime. So again, getting the knowledge and the understanding from someone who can help you in your current situation is going to accelerate so many. I, I, could, I, could, give you, I could give you another answer, say go and do your research and go and do this and that. I, I'd be doing you a disservice by saying that. Honestly, I would get some help. That, that to me, number one, there's so much there's so much goes into it outside of the gym in terms of programming, recovery, nutrition, sleep, etc. The right habits you talked about setting up a good night routine. Most people don't know that you need to you should be turning your phone off an hour before you go to bed. Most people don't know that. You know, <laughs> most people don't know when to eat, how to eat, you know, what what's the best they ask what the best foods are. Is this food fattening, as you said? That's a basic question I still get on a regular basis. Or is carbs the carbs make you fat after six? These kind of questions still crop up for me. So if you're someone who's just starting now, Take your time, narrow down the exercises and get some help. And the third one, yes, it may, may cost you money, but it's going to be an investment. If you're serious about making progress, at the end of the day, you, you're, you're your own best asset. So if you can invest in yourself and get more confidence, feel better about yourself, you know, be more productive, be more focused, have someone take the reins off you in that aspect, then it's only going to benefit every other facet of your life. And again, I'm, I'm not even asking people to invest hundreds of thousands of pounds a month. Good coaching programs, maybe 100, 150 quid a month. Spend that in a night out, you know? you know. No. So again, getting some help for a period of time initially, I would say third, the third point there. Trying to go it alone, I've done it myself. Listen, I've done it for three to four years. I've done it, then got some help and made fucking three to four years of progress in three to four months. So again, I, I'd be doing a disservice by not suggesting that to anyone listening. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I, I'm always the same, mate. And like, I, I used to be very like, I think it's just that young guys, you get an ego in the way and you're like, I know what I'm doing. And you're like, 
How how could you see thinking back to it? How can you actually justify that you know what you're doing and you've never actually been told? I was exactly the same. No, I watch YouTube. I know what I'm doing. I'm good. No, bullshit. Even I've got a coach. I know. It's it's crazy. I've got a coach coach to this day. I know. know. I know. I'm using. I just recently got one for Ironman that I'm doing um, next year. So. any any area of life, if you want to do well, and if you want to learn something, you don't. Uh, and I'll use the the driver analogy all the time. Yes, you could probably go out in a driving lesson yourself. You know, try and learn YouTube how to drive a car. Are you going to pass your test quickly or efficiently? No, you're going to hire a driving instructor. You're going to hire someone to do it because guess what? You're going to drive the rest of your life. <laughs> I know, I know, and uh, it's just one of those things. The um the part you were talking about in regards to exercise is like other people come with it they're like and I used to be like in a sort of smug way, like I've had someone where they've maybe been at another personal trainer and they're coming to me and they're going, This person done this, and I used to be like, Oh, they sound shit. And now I'm like that man, I'm like, wait there a second, I'm listening to what the person's saying. Like, see when it comes to programming, a program is literally worth the piece of paper it's written on, right? Yeah. It's the execution that's the main part. And yeah, when it comes to making adaptations to your body, as Andrew said, pick four or five exercises and just progress them for like four, five, six, seven, and eight months, whatever you choose to do. The reason that people tend to split up exercises is to keep it, like to split up program and maybe make them six to 12 weeks, is to keep it fun. Like that I is that genuinely up. And that's it. And it's, it's from, I mean, a, see, from a bodybuilding standpoint, yes, like they might have something, but it's like, I would like a bit more development in my rear delts. Cool. Let's put a little bit more focus onto your rear delts. It doesn't mean that you need, like, you can make, like, I remember like, I was talking about this in the last podcast, when I started doing full body, when I started doing a lot more cardio and when I started changing up my training and stuff, and I was like initially scared, like, oh, I don't want to do this because if I, if I don't train the, the six days of weight training that I was doing, I'm not, I'm going to lose all my muscle and it doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that at all. Like, and one of the, the points I wanted to add in there was that um, the SAID principle, specific adaptation to impose demand, the more strain you put on things, you're going to get better at it. Now imagine this with your day-to-day job. I don't know what anyone does, anyone that's listening in, whether it be working in an office, working, operating some sort of machinery. It was like, fucking rocket science the first time you the first time you ever touched it after a matter of weeks of doing it you could probably do it blindfolded i don't know what i'm i don't know what i'm talking about here but like think about driving in that sense there you know exactly what speed yeah. you're going out looking at speedo you can change the gears effortlessly you know exactly where your biting point is think about dri- reversing out your driveway for the first time yeah i know and like think and think when you, you, fight, you date blindfolded <laughs> I know, I know you did. And uh, the, the thing, again, when you mentioned they're changing things up after, after six, 12 weeks or whatever, you, did, you don't need to change the exercise, maybe change the rep range. You know, yeah. that, 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 that is a way to freshen things up. But again, you're still maintaining that skill and progressing it. Of yeah. course, there's going to be a time period where you want to try different things, as you said, put more emphasis in certain body parts, but you should not be changing your program every fucking second week. I know, I know. It doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. And, like, yeah, like, see, I say this to my clients sometimes, and they're sitting going, I want to get a really good deadlift, and they're like, dead inconsistent or whatever. And I'm like, and I'm like, so you need to practice it consistently. And I'm like, and then they'll be like, how does that person lift that much weight? I'm like, is he just fucking deadlift all the time? Like, they're doing it <laughs> all the time. Like, and that's how you, they, didn't, they didn't do it through fucking lap pull downs or chest press. They've done it through deadlifting all the time. 
And that's what they do all the time. How do you get really good at bench pressing? You just do it all the time. And I think people overlook it. See, when you explain it, it sounds mental when we're talking about this right now. Like, how would you get better at something? The law of specific skill, you just need to make sure that you're consistent with it. And I think that sort of, as you said, that shock the muscle is something that gets thrown about right a lot. And it is, it's, it's quite a, a ridiculous thing. When you when you say it when you say it out loud, you're just a bit like, it's a bit mental. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, coming on to the next point, mate. Building muscle takes time. What advice would you give to someone that's caught up trying to look a certain way? Because I know that so many people are like, oh, "Why look like that person?" Right? What What's the sort of what would you say to someone that really was like to really emphasise the sort of muscle building process and like how it's going to work to an individual? First and foremost, accept that it's a slow process. You know, it it doesn't happen overnight. Yes, you can see some results quickly, but. I mean, it's fine working to a goal and working to a look in a certain way, but I mean, at the end of the day, depending on who you're looking at, most of the time you're probably going to be some form of enhanced, you know, something along those lines, some IG celebrity or something like that. Just tone it back a bit in that sense, you know. Um, but again, that doesn't mean you can't focus on progressing your own. You, you should be fighting your own battle. You should be you know, aiming to progress your training sessions on a day-by-day, week-by-week basis. If you're seeing those progressions, you're lifting more weight, doing more reps, you know, doing more sets, you know, accumulating more volume and things like that within your training, you're seeing the progress and the measurements and the scale and the way you, the way you want. Just fall in love with that. That Doing that consistently and seeing those initial results is going to be enough to keep you going. I'm not where I want to be eight and a half years in, I'm, I'm happy with my progress, I love what I do, 100%, absolutely, very happy with where I came and how far I've, I've come along since I started, but just falling in love with that process for me, that, that that's the whole that's the whole game, if you don't enjoy going to the gym, trying to build muscle, doing the nutrition, get, putting some form of, of, of emphasis on recovery and all these different things, find something else. <laughs> you know, like maybe it's not for you, but if you're wanting to build about muscle, look look a bit better, get a bit, you know, build bulk up a bit. It's going to be a slow process. It takes time and consistency. You have to be consistent. For me, biggest one of the, some of the biggest mistakes I do is fine Monday to Thursday, Friday to Sunday I was out, out eating out all weekend, getting on it, doing all these stupid things, hardly eating. Training was in the toilet Monday, Tuesday. You have to develop some sort of consistency. Muscle building is a slow process that does take that level of consistency five, six, seven days a week if you can. Um, so for me, falling in love with the process and just those general adaptions, tracking how you're actually progressing over time, not just going into the gym, doing a workout, ah, fuck it, I'll see what I can do next week. Quantify it, track your progress, do your weigh-ins, take your measurements. How are you actually progressing week on week, month on month? year on year once you start seeing that and you start noticing the results the process itself will become addicting if it's something you genuinely want to do no definitely man and i think um tying into the last point there it is it's just that like, like you shouldn't you should never be basing uh how you look how you want to look on how someone else looks because a big thing that's not really spoken about loads is genetics play a fucking massive part on how you look like think about it like when you when i was younger like i'm not like it does, like I feel like I'm I'm in good shape now. I've got a good physique. But when I was younger, I was I'm not saying I'm one of the people that was like a hard gainer and like that. I just wasn't like I wasn't like athletically built at a young age. Whereas my cousin, I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before, had abs when he was like a wee boy. So genetically superior, right? And I think a lot of folk forget this. Like some people, and it's not that 
everyone is, can still build muscle. Some people may respond better to the adaptation. Some people may be like, the recovery's better. They can, they can work with a higher work capacity just because of the genetic. There's so many different implications, but you need to remember that you are you and you're not anyone else. Like you're not like, that's, that's like a big part of it. And a lot of people are so hung up on, oh, what about that person there? And how do I look like that? And how do I get arms like that? And I'm like, I remember like, I actually used to look at like, I wanted really developed triceps. And I used to talk to my pals in the gym I was training. They're like, well, if you do this exercise, I think that really gets that to pop there. And you're like, you realize that it's not like that. It's just the development that comes with your body. Like, um, so it's just- yeah, I mean, it's in the same sense, it's in the same breath as athletes. Like, not everybody's going to be fucking Roger Federer. Not everybody's yeah. going to be Lionel Messi. Some people are really good at building muscle. Some people are really good at remaining linear around. Sorry, I hope that's not too noisy in the background there. Um, there's a lot of grass cutting and things like that going on next door. Um, but, you know, run your own race. That's, that, that's all I would say. As long as you're still progressing, as long as you're moving forward, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to fall in love with that process, and that's what it's all about. And um, that's a point I heard before was like, see, like, like athletes don't pick their sports. Their sports pick them. And I never want to take away from an athlete or someone that's done extremely well. Like you tend to find that the most gifted athletes are genetically superior for their desired sport, for their chosen sport, but they're also fucking relentlessly consistent. Like they are, they've got that. And that is what makes a good athlete. Someone that is a, a really, really, they're, they're built for it. They are in the shape for it. They are, but they're also hungry. So don't think for a second, I'm trying to say that, yeah. oh, like, They've just no, they've, they're not out there fucking training two days a week, you know. It's their absolute life. You yeah, know? they dedicate their life to it. I think like one of the most mental ones, I, I don't know if you follow CrossFit, but like Matthew Fraser, he's one of the top male CrossFit athletes, and the guy just like the stuff that he does is crazy. Like so there's a big there was an obstacle called the pig, which was a big square block, and it was an event, and it, it, I don't know if he I think it like pure killed him the session. And he went he bought it after the games and see for a full year on a Sunday, he would go and flip it like it was something like 300 times so that if he ever came up against it, he would just, and I was like, see that mindset like that, it's, it's nuts. Like it's actually nuts to think that folk, but folk would just go, oh, he's a gifted athlete. And you're like, no, he's, he's a, he's a fucking hard worker. He's an insanely hard worker. And you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You don't know what happens around the clock. And then you see them on that day and you're like, oh man, that's pretty impressive. But I always think about that when I see an athlete or I see someone that's like, an insane shape or I'm like, you don't realize that it's, it's not just what was the program that they done or what was this? Like, they're just tools. It's the, like the uh, ability to just keep showing up and just no stop. So that's obviously a big one there. Um, moving on to the last one. So this is a wee bit of a controversial one, but very valid. Anabolics are becoming more and more used in everyday gyms uh, and seen as a bit of a quick fix now. And I know this because I've trained a lot of young guys and I know that it's becoming more popular amongst the girls as well. Young guys are like, oh, that guy took this and do you think I could do that if I take that there? What's your thoughts on it, mate? What's your thoughts on anabolics in the fitness industry? I mean, listen, I have nothing against it. Yeah. Like, see, see if you want to use it, fine. But the context and what it gets used, 99 times out of 100, is complete nonsense. Like people trying to use it as a plaster for not following a decent training program and a diet plan or having any sort of consistency with training. If you're someone who has been training six, eight, ten years consistently 
in and out the gym, solid nutrition plan, your recovery's there, it's a priority to you, and you want to take things to the next level with steroids, fucking brilliant, more power to you. You know, by all means, go ahead. But if you're someone who's going out all weekend, who's not got any sort of structure with training, doesn't follow any sort of structure with nutrition, and you're simply taking it to speed up the process or patch, or patch the gaps in between, or pat, try and patch the, the gap of your, your training program and your nutrition plan, you're wasting your time. You're, you're it's just complete nonsense. There's absolutely no need, and it's just going to lead you down a, a bad road. Like you're going to end up with some sort of, all sorts of problems and things like that, no doubt, hormonal-wise, etc. And again, touching that, 90% of people that probably pick up these things, again, I don't have the first clue about steroids. I'll just be honest. I don't have a clue about them. I guarantee you 90% of the people that take them don't have the first clue about them either. You know? Um, so, again, nothing overly against them. If you want to use them, by all means, knock yourself out. If you're someone who's been training consistently for 6, 8, 10 plus years, you want to take things to the next level, you're training, whatever, fine. If you know what you're doing, excellent. Go for it. But... 99 times out of 100 in the context of some guy at Pure Gym, um, probably in, in fucking Paisley, um, <laughs> just trying to look better for the weekends or sanctuary at the weekend, like complete waste of time. I know. It's, I think like what you said there, I follow a lot, there's a lot more bodybuilders and online coaches more open about it online. And I listened to a podcast once that was with a doctor and the guy that was advising on it. And it was a bit of a controversial one because it was like, well, the doc, if you went to a doctor they wouldn't actually, they couldn't advise you because they would almost, they'd be breaking like the rules by advising you how to take steroids. But at the same time, there's this guy that's like, I can't remember who it was, and he's like clued up to hell. He goes for all this private healthcare. And it's like, well, you probably could go to these people for, anyway, I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't recommend it. And I'm, I'm not recommending it. It's like, it's one of those things. But um, it is, it's, it's crazy. And I think it's almost becoming a bit of a, it's like, I mentioned this in the last podcast as well. It's like when people go to the gym and they're like, oh, I'm thinking about competing. I'm like, why is that your first thought when you're going to the gym? Like, you, you're going to get into bodybuilding and go and compete because you're lifting weights now. Like, like and I think that's becoming more of a thing as well. That people are just doing it. I'm yeah. like, bodybuilding used to be all about having years of muscle building under your belt. Not six months of going to a commercial facility <laughs> with your pal and training chest and buys. Do you know what I mean? Like, that, that's not, but that's... Yeah. And it's the same with a sort of culture of like you go to like as you said there you go to like like sanctuary at the weekend or you went to like Ocean Beach and Ibiza and I'm not dissing them at all. I actually really like Ocean Beach Club. Uh, <laughs> I two days there and it's it was two brilliant days in Ibiza. Um, but you go to them and it's like God, this person has built the full the full year around in like around that one day and it's like why man like like and one of the, one of my friends actually said that one of the best things I'd heard about steroids is you're declaring biological warfare on your body. Don't kid yourself on that you know what's happening because there's a lot of medical professionals that don't know what, doesn't know what happens because they don't know what you're putting into your body. Um, yep. You could have bought it off a, a Polish man that made it in his bath. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, watched a, I, watched, I watched a documentary on it once and it was a guy going like this. He was he'd taken steroids his full life and he, he went to this facility where they test you. There's actually one in Glasgow. And... Uh, you go there and they test your vials of what you have for what you're injecting. And the guy was like, right, so I've got tests in here. I've got this one here that takes down the, all this stuff. And the guy's talking as if he knew it. And they tested it all. And they were like, that's just three vases of testosterone. Like it was literally the guy had just been triple dosing. And like, and it was like, and they tested his testosterone levels after they came off it and they shot down and all that. And it was like, 
the guy was in terrible shape, man. The guy was just like eating. He was going, he was like, aye, this is my diet. I just eat breaded chicken. And it was like, they were going, your cholesterol's super high. You're at risk of a heart attack if you keep this up. And he, he looked like a shambles as well. He did not look good. <laughs> like, and it was like, it was just, I was going, man, what, what is going through that, that, like that's not healthy like that's totally not healthy but again i'm not going to sit there and bash anyone that does it like if you're at the if you're a bodybuilder and you're at the peak of your condition and it's not saying that i'm not being we're not being pessimistic saying that but there is only so far you can take your physique like that you look at some of the people with some of the best physiques and they put up pictures of how they've changed in 10 years and they look pretty much the same like they've, they've hit an ultimatum point where they can't go anymore and obviously genetically some people can but at the same time like if you're in that sport of bodybuilding and everyone else is using it and you're at your limit, by all means, do it. Try and do it safely. But if you're Joe Bloggs that's entering the gym and you find out you're a pal selling D-ball for, do you know what I mean? Like, or you heard it in the changing room, I probably wouldn't recommend doing that because not only no. could it fuck you up physically, it can also fuck you up mentally. Um, it's going to lead you down a bad road. Lead you down a bad road via mental health and that as well. And I've listened to podcasts for that, talking about people that, that unspoken things about coming off of steroids and it's like, your libido is down because it's sky high when you're taking loads of testosterone. Um, you have things like your training performance will significantly drop. That's going to have a psychological effect on your sort of your mind. You're going to feel weaker. Um, yeah. Your general performance and your recovery is going to drop as well. And psychologically, that's going to be like, God, I'm never going to be able to work at that point again. And it's trying to come to terms with that. So I just thought it was a valid point to bring in. Obviously, me and Andrew, both your gym goer online coach, I've been working in the gym for years and you see it. You see it all the time. And it's, it's the thing is, it's a, it's a weird law with steroids, isn't it? They're legal, but you, you're, they're legal to use, but they're legal to possess, but you can't sell them. It's that all about, man. It's weird, isn't it? So, <laughs> Don't get it. I know. So, um, bit of a weird one. But um, anyway, no, no, I know it's strange. But anyway, mate, um, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. Do you have anything else to add in, mate? Any other points you'd like to add in? Not a problem, no. Been a pleasure, Christian. Nothing else, mind. Um, all good to you, mate. No, quality. Anyway, team, um, as always, if you have listened into the podcast, screenshot it and stick it on your stories on Instagram and Facebook. And also remember, if you are interested in working as part of the Fit and Forty Challenge with KDH Bootcamp, do not hesitate to drop me a message and we can start working together. Anyway, guys, catch you in a bit. Bye.